Would you rather be settled or unsettled? At ease or uneasy? I've been looking a lot recently at the prophetic passages in the Bible and two of the big themes are of judgment and hope. Judgment when people are warned that if they carry on living the way that they're living things are going to go horribly wrong. And hope where people are suffering and they are told there is hope. It's not always going to be like this. There is a possibility of a better future. Better things are coming. And the interesting thing about the passages of judgment and of hope are that both are disruptive. They make us feel a sense of unease. We don't like feeling unsettled as a general rule. We don't tend to like change. But actually, to be unsettled, biblically speaking, isn't always a bad thing. It's actually often a good thing. It's countercultural and it's not easy, but it's far better than easing into a culture that is based on harmful values and settling for the status quo. Walter Brueggemann says in his book, The Prophetic Imagination, our consumer culture is organized against history. There is a deprecation of memory and a ridicule of hope, which mean everything must be held in the now, either an urgent now or an eternal now. In other words, we don't like to learn from our history or our past actions, our memory. So we run headlong into disaster, even when we've been told it's coming. Like when the prophets warned the Israelites about what their life choices were leaning towards. But we also ridicule hope. Our culture laughs when alternative ways forward are suggested. It undermines those that work for justice and those that creatively imagine how things could be done differently if we were to work with God to build his kingdom. It's an age-old trick of the powers that be to make those under its influence believe that there's no other way possible than the way that they are running things so that they can keep hold of power and wealth and control. At the moment, we are going through a period of heightened uncertainty and it's disruptive, it's unnerving. But even more so when we refuse to learn from our mistakes and when we lose sight of the hope that we could trust in. We would prefer to be able to explain everything rationally, to plan ahead and to be able to predict how things are going to unfold, to be in control. But that is actually a false view of reality. Walter Brueggemann goes on to say, we think in terms of systems and continuities and predictability and schemes and plans. And I think the Bible is to some great extent focused on God's capacity to break those schemes open and violate those formula. What it means is that reality of our life and the reality of God are not contained in most of our explanatory schemes. And whether one wants to explain that in terms of God or not, it is nonetheless the truth of our life, that our lives are arenas for all kinds of disruptions because it doesn't work out the way that we planned. We can see examples of this all around us, the pandemic, unrest, economic problems. 
as well as personal examples of disruptions in our lives, good and bad. Strangely, perhaps, I found it comforting to know that the Bible is full of these times of uncertainty and that disruption is actually something God specialises in, that he uses it. But it's also made me worry that perhaps I'm missing something. For example, what am I praying for at the moment? A lot of my prayers and my desires have been centred around wanting things to go back to how they were. That everything will be sorted out as quickly, as smoothly as possible so that I can get back to the comfort of my life previously. And I think I've missed an opportunity here. Have I missed the warnings of the prophets? Stop living in this way or else. Or have I heard them? And if so, have I changed anything? Or am I trying to bullishly carry on as close to normal as possible? So first, I'd like us to reflect on these words from Jeremiah, perhaps pausing to repent and lament where we've become too settled in the destructive ways of the culture around us. But then we'll finish with a more hopeful reflection to match the balance that the prophets tend to keep. Your own conduct and actions have brought this on you. This is your punishment, how bitter it is, how it pierces to the heart. Oh, my anguish, my anguish, I writhe in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart. My heart pounds within me, I cannot keep silent. For I have heard the sound of the trumpet, I have heard the battle cry. Disaster follows disaster, the whole land lies in ruins. In an instant my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. How long must I see the battle standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? My people are fools, they do not know me. They are senseless children. They have no understanding, they are skilled in doing evil. They know not how to do good. I looked at the earth and it was formless and empty and at the heavens and their light was gone. I looked at the mountains and they were quaking, all the hills were swaying. I looked and there were no people. Every bird in the sky had flown away. I looked and the fruitful land was a desert. All its towns lay in ruins before the Lord, before his fierce anger. Once we've repented and lamented over our mistakes, we move on to hope. Rachel Held Evans emphasises that alongside these cries of anguish and anger, condemnation and critique that we've just heard in Jeremiah, the prophets deliver what is perhaps the most subversive element of any resistance movement, hope. Are we daring enough to hope for a better future, to imagine alternatives that the powers that be would like us to think are impossible? Can we bring ourselves to believe that God really is building a kingdom that is radically different from the one currently calling the shots? This is also not comfortable. It's also unsettling. But revolutions are always unsettling, whatever kind of revolution they are, even if they bring about a far better reality. Because they call us to leave behind the former things which we had begun to settle into. 
So now let's reflect on these words from Isaiah and see if we dare to dream and hope. This is what the Lord says, He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. May we be a people whose memories are active, who learn from the mistakes that have been made in the past and who dare to hope in an alternative future, however unsettling that may be. God's kingdom springing up in the most unlikely times and places.